Welcome to Slowpreneur, a podcast about building a business without the busy. I'm your host, Stephanie Pellet, and I'm a coach for thoughtful, values-based entrepreneurs just like you. On this show, we talk about creating a business with intention, heart, and sustainability in mind. Join me as I connect with my friends and clients and share my own reflections on why slow and steady entrepreneurship will always win the race. Today on the podcast, I'm telling you the truth of how I've really been in a rut lately with my business and giving you some ideas of things you could try if you're also experiencing a slump in energy or motivation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Slowpreneur. I want to thank you so much for coming back. I took a break for the summer, which I desperately needed, as you will hear more about in this episode. But it's good to be back. It's good to be back in this format that I love and to be talking to you about the truth of what's been going on with me. I got a prompt from one of my good friends recently, which is that she thought that I didn't bring enough of my actual personality into my business and how I'm really, what I'm really like in person, uh, which I think is a little more, (laughs) a little less buttoned up, a little more swearing happens. I have more hot takes, I think, than what I bring to my professional life. And so I kind of took that prompt and I've been sitting with it for a few months. And I think that the podcast is the right medium to kind of introduce more of that, that unpolished aspect of who I am and bring it into the show. So we're going to talk about the truth today. And the truth is that I have been extremely burned out. I have been extremely low. I honestly, it's weird to be talking about it now because I feel like I'm not quite out of it yet. To be honest, it feels a little premature. But I also think that talking about it while I'm in it is probably helpful so that it's not always this recovery story, (laughs) which is, I think, what we hear like, oh, I was burned out and then I did these seven things and now I am healed and fine and perfect and great. And the truth is, as you've seen from the title of the episode, I lately have been in quite a business slump. I've been in a rut. I've had no energy for my business. I've had no motivation for my business. I've been feeling like maybe it's time to move on from my business. And all of that is real. And if you've experienced feelings like that over the past couple of years, I just want you to know that you're not alone. And you're not alone because of my story, but because of my job, I talk to lots of entrepreneurs every single day. And... I know you're not alone because I hear their stories and I know that a lot of us are questioning what we're doing, (laughs) if it's even working. (laughs) So much has changed over the past couple years that it feels so much more difficult to do the same things that we were doing before. Like our marketing techniques aren't necessarily resonating in the same way that they were pre-pandemic. Our websites might not be landing for people in the same way that they were pre-pandemic. So A lot of us are in this place of reevaluation, which I think is a good thing. I think it's good to check in and reevaluate. And I also know that it can come with a lot of self-doubt. It can come with a lot of pain. And I want to hold space for all those emotions, for both you and for me. Because as I said, this has not been an easy summer. Don't believe what you see online, okay? (laughs) I would say actually all of 2022 has not been easy for me in many, many ways. And this is where I think the challenge 
comes in of being a person who shares part of your life on the internet because you share the good parts and a lot of the bad parts are quiet. They're behind the scenes. So in today's episode, I am planning to share with you how I've been feeling and some of the ideas that I've been coming up with to get me through this rut because I am choosing (laughs) to look at it as a rut and not an ending for now. Things could change, but As I'm in this rut, knowing that I don't want to completely give up on my business yet, what am I doing to try to manage my energy, manage my feelings, and make space for the challenges of this entrepreneurial life while also not giving up on it entirely? So let's talk about the rut first of all. I would say that it probably started, if I'm being honest, with getting my dog Bruno last September 1st. So we're coming up on a year as I record this of having Bruno and I was not prepared for the realities of being a dog parent. I just wasn't, especially doing most of it on my own at the time. My partner and I did not live together. So it was really clear to me that I was going to be doing most of the work with him alone. And that was the case and that was okay. However, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And noticing how I've changed since then, my sleep getting worse and being more anxious, being more vigilant to everything that he's going through, being more sort of exposed, you know, as an introvert. I really value time by myself, time alone. And when you're with a dog, uh, there are more interruptions. There's more social connection, all of which can be great and all of which can also be a drain if you're somebody like me who's very sensitive to social interaction and needs a lot of time to recover from that. Not to mention uh, the irritability factor of having a dog and them doing all kinds of things around you that are annoying or they're misbehaving. It just comes with a lot of big feelings. It comes with a lot of personal growth and personal challenges as you're training the dog. And I think in the past month in particular, I have noticed a bit of a shift in Bruno. He's maturing. It's a little bit easier to take him places. I have a better understanding of his schedule and my schedule and how long I can leave him for and all of those kinds of things. And so it makes me realize that looking back, it was sort of a perfect storm. I was already kind of burnt out from 2021. That was a tumultuous year. Obviously, 2020 was also a tumultuous year for all of us. And so adding a dog into the mix at that point, while it has been so supportive to my mental health in certain ways, has also been a detriment to my mental health in other ways. And it's easy for me to see now looking back how as a sensitive person, I consider myself actually a highly sensitive person based on Elaine Aaron's framework, it really added a lot of stress to my life. And stress can be positive or negative, right? And in many ways, having Bruno around is a positive kind of stress. It can be big emotions of love or excitement or pride when he gets a trick or, you know, does something right. But it also comes with a lot of big emotions that are not so great. And so I noticed myself becoming more irritable, as I said, having trouble sleeping, feeling more vigilant. That kind of crept into my relationship as well. I found myself being more snippy, you know, being more annoyed by things, being more direct and to the point because often in dog training, you have a split second 
to react and make sure that they're getting the correction that they need. And so that led to me not being as soft and gentle in my romantic relationship or in my friendships. I felt more distracted from my friendships a lot of the time because if I'm with the dog, (laughs) I can't be as present with my friends. And so all of that, you know, all of that adds up to feeling not my best self and not being proud of how I'm reacting in certain situations and not being as present as I want to be in many situations. And it adds up to having less energy for other things that matter to me. So for example, my business. If I'm feeling drained from this very intensive task of getting a new puppy, then I'm obviously going to have less energy for everything else in my life and my business will also suffer from that. So that's kind of the groundwork that is being laid. (laughs) Then in June, I went on a big trip that we'd been planning for a long time for a friend of mine's wedding. And it was a big trip, but we also got COVID. And I had not had COVID at any point leading up to this trip. But I got it. Miss Rona came for me and she really took me out. I was very, very sick. And it took me a really long time to get over it. I would say for a good month and a half afterwards, I didn't feel like myself. And so that's going to be a factor too, right? And as I've mentioned a couple times already, I had been having trouble sleeping for various reasons. I think my anxiety was also triggered more dramatically from being so underslept and being you know, obsessed with the dog and how he's doing and all of those things. So I was just a tangle, a mess. I was a mess. And I was feeling low energy every single day and realizing that I didn't have anything to give to my business or to myself. Add to that also that I was taking a step back from Instagram this past year, and that has definitely had an impact in my business and how well things feel like they're landing. So again, perfect storm, perfect storm of not being as visible online or feeling like the marketing attempts I try to do aren't landing because of the algorithm or maybe because of my energy or some combination and feeling like I can't do as much in general for my business. And it's just kind of interesting now to think about that when people have a baby, they take a maternity leave. And obviously having a puppy is not the same thing as having a baby. I realize that. However, it does strike me that maybe some kind of maternity season could have been useful to plan in my business proactively. I did not, I did not realize how much of an impact this would have on me. And as we're approaching the one year mark of getting him and noticing how fast that time has flown and also, uh, you know, how much we've done with him in that time, I'm recognizing now that it is actually the equivalent of maternity leave in the sense that I really pulled things back a notch in my business. And now as I start to feel a bit more like myself, I feel like I'm going to be able to return to it. So that's the story. I'm not going to go into too much more detail, but just picture exhausted, tired, (laughs) underslept, frustrated, anxious Steph. Uh, and that was, was, was going on behind the scenes. That's probably why you didn't hear from me as much as you're used to. I could not bring myself to show up on Instagram and I could not bring myself to talk about it. And so I still feel kind of like that. 
I feel like slowly over the past couple of weeks, couple months, Bruno, as I said, I've really noticed a change in him. I feel more comfortable taking him places and dealing with him. I also feel like I'm sleeping a little bit better. I'm getting back to my meditation practice. I'm getting ahead of myself a little here, but I'm trying to say that things are improving slowly, which I'm very grateful for and very happy about. And also, I'm still very much in it. I have good days and bad days. Yesterday was a very bad day in terms of my energy and my motivation. I felt very demotivated. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do in my business. I didn't feel like I had the energy for anything. So that's where we're at. We're working on it. We're working on it actively and we're trusting that the energy will return. However, if you're feeling like this in your own business or if you have felt like this at any point over the last couple of years, please know it's so normal. And I know that in business, it can be so frustrating to put yourself out there over and over and over again and feel like things aren't landing. And I know that these feelings don't last forever. And if you as the business owner are feeling not your best, if you're feeling upset or tired or frustrated, that also has a major impact on what will be successful in your business. And that can feel like a catch-22 because you're like, I can't run my business until I feel better. But if I don't run my business, there are some major financial factors or other factors that are going to prevent me from feeling my best. And that's kind of the catch-22 that I've been in. And so I understand. And I'm going to talk about some ideas that I have for how you can kind of mitigate that. But just know that I'm with you. I feel you. And I think it will get better for both of us. (laughs) So let's get into some of the things that have been helping me. And again, this is not like a prescriptive list because not all of this actually has worked um, every single day, right? There are certain days for certain things and you have to try and try and try again to see what's going to work for you. These are just some ideas I have if you are currently experiencing a major slump. This episode of Slowpreneur is sponsored by The Profoundry, a coaching and community program for thoughtful entrepreneurs run by yours truly. If you've been looking for a supportive group of business besties who share your values and really get it, this could be the perfect membership for you because these people are truly amazing. Every month in the program, we have a bunch of different calls. For example, productivity parties to get our work done together, workshops on things like project planning, balance and boundaries, or goal setting. And we often do creative think tanks that offer custom group coaching for members for whatever they might be struggling with. We also have a really supportive Slack community with weekly check-ins. We have a resource library full of recordings and interesting workshops and a business book club so that you can learn about business from interesting and diverse authors. If this sounds like your cup of tea, I'd love for you to come check it out. You can learn more and get your first productivity party pass for free by going to stephaniepellet.com slash foundry. I would love to see you there. Okay. Number one is go back to basics. I was watching a Michelle B video the other day on YouTube and she said something that I found really funny and also such an astute observation. I'm not going to remember the exact quote, but it was something like smart people hate simple solutions because they don't believe in them. They think it has to be more complicated (laughs) than the simple solution. And going back to basics is something that I inevitably forget to do. And yet 
has a huge impact. So we're talking about biological basics here. We're talking about sleep. We're talking about breathing. We're talking about food. We're talking about exercise. Those four things can have such a huge impact on us. And I think that sleep is the number one, obviously. I was having actual insomnia. So for me, this was getting some additional sleep aids, changing out the curtains in our bedroom for something that blocked the light a little bit better, trying to stick to a more consistent sleep routine, trying to cut back on my caffeine intake a little bit because some days it was just kind of getting away from me and I wasn't realizing it. All of those things have added up slowly in addition to the sleep mask and the earplugs that I've been wearing (laughs) for (laughs) the pandemic um, to me actually able to sleep most nights, although some nights it's still taking me a really long time to fall asleep, in addition to bringing back my meditation practice. So I mentioned that a little bit earlier, but I used to be a daily meditator. I used to meditate every single morning or evening for at least 10 minutes. And it used to be such a unlock for me. It would unlock all these ideas. It would help me to calm down. But I find that meditation is one of those things that when you're doing it, it feels like it's doing nothing. And when you're not doing it, you don't realize it, but it was actually doing everything. (laughs) So (laughs) that's kind of how I've been feeling right now in the past week and a half as I've been meditating every single day again. It feels like my brain is drinking water. That's all that I know how to describe it. It feels like I'm having a fresh glass of water. Uh, and it's like anything, like taking a fresh glass of water and drinking it isn't going to be the thing that makes you feel better. But if you're really, really thirsty, then drinking a glass of water feels really good and is helpful. So my brain has been thirsty. (laughs) I've been trying to drink my water and it's useful, especially right before bed. I've been trying to do at least a five minute meditation to kind of slow down my nervous system, especially after all the stimulation of the day. And that's been really helping me to fall asleep. None of this is new to you. I realize this. (laughs) Sleeping and breathing, not new. I get it. Um, But if you're like me, it's hard to point to those things and see them as potentially being a source of your lack of energy or motivation in your business. You might not immediately be making that line connecting those two things together as I wasn't. I, of course, wanted to jump to a more complicated explanation like I'm over the online business world, which I kind of am, or I want to do a whole different kind of business, which I kind of do. However, (laughs) we can't make decisions from that place of lack of sleep or lack of good nutrition or lack of exercise, et cetera, et cetera. If we are in a kind of deficit somehow physically, it is not going to make us make the right decisions when it comes to the more philosophical or existential questions that we have going on. So for you, it might not be sleep. It might not be breathing. Maybe it's more reflection. Maybe it's more journaling. Maybe it is more therapy. Maybe it is more uh, powerlifting. I don't know what is the thing for you that makes you feel like your best self physically, but I would just encourage you not to overlook it and to not make decisions from the low part of the rut. So my friend Sonia says this all the time about emotional waves or energy waves and that the key is to never make decisions or to come to conclusions when you are in the part of the wave that feels the lowest, which I think is really great advice because sometimes we don't recognize that there are so many more factors going on 
physically or biologically that might be affecting our clarity of mind on a particular topic. And so just do some reflection here. I'm not going to be prescriptive in any way, but if you know there is something in your physical or mental health that has not been feeling the best lately, I would encourage you just to look at it and to give yourself what you need in that area, whether it's more rest or more exercise and movement or better fruits and vegetables in your diet or whatever the case may be. Just look at it. You know your own answers. You know what you need. And if you can prioritize that, I think that that's the key. Number two is to the extent that you can take a break. So I love this phrase from Caroline Zook. She has shared before that her ideal form of rest is to rest until she is tired of resting, (laughs) until she is excited to get back to work and work on things. And I get that this is a luxury, and I'm going to talk a little bit about how you can take a break without exactly taking a complete break from your business if that's not possible for you right now. Uh, But I think as a general core philosophy, this is something that I love because A, it implies trust, right? It implies having faith that the energy will eventually come back. At some point, the energy will come back. And so if I trust that the energy will come back, the motivation will come back, or an idea of how I want to change things will come back to me, then it gives me permission to just say, okay, well, I'll wait until I know. I'll wait until I have that energy. I'll wait until I have the clarity that I'm looking for or that I need. And I love that she sort of shares that in the sense that if you don't feel excited to go back to work, then you probably didn't rest enough. It kind of reminds me of this uh, TikTok that I watched a very long time ago from the user Domestic Blisters who talked about the difference between rest and guilt. And if you're resting but feeling guilty about it, that is also not real rest. That is also not processed in your body as restfulness. So it's complicated, I get it. It's hard to take an actual break. It's hard to take a break, especially when you have anxiety about what that break might mean for your business, the story that you're telling about your business. But if I can offer one piece of advice to me in the past or to you right now, it's to try your best not to fight this feeling so much, to not think that it means something desperate and dire about your whole life, that you need to change everything. Maybe you're literally just burnt out. Remember that thing about simple explanations? That's what we're going to stick to for now because we can't. We can't make these decisions from the feeling that we're feeling. Our brains are lying to us, right? Our brains are exhausted and tired and if you're anything like me, anxious. And so if we listened to our brains and what they were telling us, we would never do anything again. I don't know. I think that's what I'm learning, right? We would never do anything again. We would always think, no, the answer is just to give up everything and change everything and start fresh and start over and everything sucks, blah, 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 blah. But I think that if we can have this faith, if we can give ourselves the permission to the extent we are capable of doing so to take a break, to play hooky, to just ride this wave as long as it takes, I think we're going to be better off. And if you're resisting this idea, let me also give you another idea that I like to remember when I'm feeling like, no, I need to push through. I need to keep going. I need to finish this thing because it's on my to-do list, which is that off work is slow work. If you're feeling off, if you're not feeling your best, probably the task that is in front of you that you have assigned to yourself is going to take you twice as long, if not three times as long. So if you can wait until the energy does come back, even a little bit, you know, even just a tiny bit, 
you might get that task done way faster. And then it will not drain you as much as if you are forcing yourself to finish it right now. I get, I get that this is difficult to do. We can't always uh, avoid tasks that are essential, but to the extent that you can, try not to put these invisible pressures on yourself that are only coming from yourself, especially for things that are not a 10 out of 10 on the urgency scale. The last thing I would say is you could also try to make this break official. So I posted to my Instagram that I was taking a summer sabbatical. I said on the podcast I was taking a break from the podcast and doing both of those things actually made it easier not to have the guilt that I mentioned a couple minutes ago. I think if I hadn't formally announced it, I may have felt more guilty and I may have tried to decide every single day, should I post to the podcast this week or next week? And constantly having that question in your mind can be very tiring. The same goes for a newsletter. You know, I know a lot of business owners take a sabbatical from their newsletter in the summertime. What that allows you to do is not have to ask yourself every single day whether today is a newsletter day. You know that you have a break stretching out in front of you and that helps you to avoid that guilt spiral (laughs) that we can so often fall into. If we know that we're taking a break, if we announce that we're taking a break, If we build a break into our launch schedule, for example, then we don't have to feel as guilty as we're resting and that rest will not then be counterproductive. So if you can announce it, whether that be by Instagram post or uh, email vacation autoresponder, I think making it formally known that you're taking a break can also really, really help with actually enjoying the break that you do take. Number three is to be an employee for a little bit. Now, this is an idea that I got from one of my clients where when she was struggling with this kind of feeling of burnout, she just decided that she was going to be an employee in her business. So imagining that she wasn't the CEO, she wasn't in charge of making strategic decisions, she was just going to go through the motions and be essentially the lackey of her own business. So that could mean just answering your DMs and your customer service inquiries. That could mean shipping out your orders. That could mean doing sort of the basics that you've agreed to do in your group program. That could be showing up for your calls with as much energy as you can muster, but not doing anything beyond that. So this is for if you feel like you can't fully take a full break, right? Your business is not at the point where you can take a 100% sabbatical from it. You need to keep things in motion. You need to keep the gears moving. Can you create a break that is essentially a brain break, right? It's a break from all of the spinning your wheels, the distractions, the overarching questions that you have for your business, the big in-depth projects that you are planning. Can you take a break from those things? And can you focus only on the things that you've committed to already that are easy for you to show up? for and you can do your best for those things without digging much deeper. And I would say that this break is the kind of break that I've been in for most of the last couple months where I've been really showing up for my calls in the profoundery, right? That is something I love to do and it feels easier to show up for those calls than it might for me to plan out a huge in-depth launch. So I still feel proud that I can show up each week in the community. I can post our prompts. I can respond to people's messages, but I'm not necessarily digging deeper and doing any of the larger long-term projects that I might envision. I'm not working on YouTube videos. I am not posting things to Instagram. I'm showing up for the clients that I have without 
pushing myself to necessarily do more right now. And obviously you can't take this kind of break forever. If you're a solopreneur, there will come a time where you do have to make some big decisions in your business. But I think it's helpful to sort of carve out this space for yourself and to say you'll check in at a later time. So if you can give yourself a month where you're pulling back quite a bit, maybe you're working a few less days in the week, right? You're calling it your summer sabbatical, let's say. And you're saying that during this time, you're going to do those bare minimum. You are going to ship out the orders. You're going to follow whatever content calendar you've set up for yourself, but you're not going to do more. You're not going to plan more. You're not going to worry more. You're not going to do reach outs to other people. You're just going to do the minimum. And sometimes having this small break from the really deep questions that you might have about the future of your business, maybe this will be enough to just feel like, okay, I'm the cog in the machine for a little bit. This is exactly what I need to feel um, like I've had a little bit of a break from that burnout. And now I'm going to feel more equipped at a certain point when the energy comes back to revisit some of those bigger questions in your business. Number four is really related to this. It is to keep a list of sort of mindless tasks that you could do if you have time in your schedule and you're not sure what to do with it. So I have a whole list of these in my notion. I don't always do them. I don't always want to do them, but knowing what the list is, is useful because some days I don't feel like doing those big picture things like I just mentioned. I don't feel like digging deep and planning all of these, you know, enormous launches or various like podcast interviews that I could plan and reach out to people for. I just want to do something that is mindless, it just fills a small gap in my business, but it doesn't make me feel as drained. Now, these would be different for every person, obviously, and you probably know in your own business what would feel useful to you. You could do some kind of like a website audit or a social media audit of your own business and just see where the gaps are, see what little things need to be updated or fixed. But some examples might be you could send out an email to your past clients and collect testimonials for your work. You could send out a survey to your clients. So I just did this recently to try to get some inspiration, right? I wasn't sure where to go with the Profoundry. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to ask the members. And that was something that it was pretty easy to put together the survey and it felt productive, right? Because I'm going to be getting some useful information. Other options here might be updating your about page. When was the last time you did that, right? Maybe that will help you reconnect to your why and remember all of the cool things that you've done in your career. It could be updating your YouTube channel. If you have a YouTube channel, but you haven't looked at it in a while, maybe you want to redesign what the homepage looks like or add certain videos to certain playlists so that it's easier for people to navigate. These are like small little things that don't take up a lot of brain power, but it does have an impact over time, or at least it feels like you're doing something useful and not just sitting there scrolling on Instagram or twiddling your thumbs. Other options here, creating an FAQ page or updating your FAQ page if it's really old. I need to do this in my business. It could be adding alt text to your Instagram posts. If you don't currently have alt text um, for people who are visually impaired, you could add that, right? Uh, the same goes for YouTube videos. You can add subtitles to those YouTube videos. You could go through and create an index of all your past newsletters and just link to all of them on your website so that people can read them. In the past, you could finally finish that 
opt-in that you've had in your back pocket for a while. There's just endless things that you could do. And again, you might not feel like you have the energy for these things every day, but you might have a whole list in front of you that becomes like a menu where you can choose. What do I have the energy for today? What does feel possible? And having the list of inspiration in front of you means that instead of wasting that day, you might be able to do something that, yeah, sure, in this moment, it doesn't feel like it's going to have a massive impact on your business and it probably won't, but it may have some impact or you may be glad that you did it later. This is not an ad, it's a pause. I've decided to build an intentional break into every episode of Slowpreneur because I know I'm throwing a lot of ideas and hopefully inspiration your way, and I wanted to give you a moment to integrate it, to not have to pay attention, to not have to absorb anymore, to just marinate on what we've talked about so far and take a breath before we continue. Let's get back to the show. Number five is in this same vein as do something, (laughs) which is to do some required reading. I love to give myself assignments of books to read for my business. And the days that I feel like I can read for work are the best days. Can I get an amen up in here? If you give yourself permission to do some professional development, so that could be either reading a book that you've wanted to read that you feel will be useful to your business or taking a course that you signed up for that you thought would be useful to your business or watching a webinar, all of these things can add up to more inspiration or more input or more ideas or just more skill building. I actually did this recently. I was having a very, very low energy day and I decided to explore the resources that I have available to me in one of the membership programs that I'm a part of. I found a course that seemed interesting to me and I spent my afternoon taking that course. At the end, did I have some like game-changing ideas for my business? No, not necessarily, but I did feel a spark of inspiration just watching them teach a course and remembering oh, I like that feeling too. You know, I like to run webinars and things like that. Or, ooh, I could structure my own courses in a similar way. Or, ooh, I like that they taught this webinar live and then broke it into smaller pieces to repurpose the content. So you can see that even just in one afternoon of watching a short workshop, I did get a tiny little spark And it wasn't a spark I could apply right away, but it was a useful spark. It was a spark that I think would be really beneficial in the coming months as I start to plan out and have more energy for those bigger picture things that I haven't had the energy for lately. This can be kind of some scaffolding to help support me. And I think the same could be true for reading like actual books. For example, if you are a facilitator, then reading a book like The Art of Gathering can tap you back into your why. It can remind you of some cool techniques and strategies. And it's honestly just a smart use of your time, especially if you're taking good notes and you're remembering some of the key points that you could then apply to your work. I think that really books are one of the best tools we have for improving our businesses. I believe in this so wholeheartedly. It's basically getting somebody's shortcut to their entire 
career. And so books are some of the best use of money that we can spend and some of the best use of time because it's such a concentrated version of somebody's insights. And so if you spend a couple hours reading somebody's best insights, literally their life's work leading up to this point, you will inevitably get some kind of inspiration or nugget that will be supportive to you in your own business. Again, This is just reframing what is a waste of time. This is reframing what is a good use of your time. And if you're currently feeling like you don't have the energy for output, right, to plan, to launch, to shout, to share, maybe you have the energy for input, to absorb, to learn, to read, to learn, right? And so doing some required reading could be a really good way to use your time if you're in a real slump. And making it official, making it a thing on your to-do list, making a list of books that is your summer syllabus, let's say, um, that could be really useful, right, to actually structure your time and to not feel guilty about taking time away from your business because it's an intentional choice. Number six is to do some reflection. And this could be a lot of different things, but it's essentially to make some space in your business to learn from your past. And that could be your past finances. It could be your past actions or launches. It could be your past offerings. Whatever you choose, it's essentially making the space and time to review what you've done and see what kinds of lessons you can learn from it. So one example of this might be to pull up all of your finances from last year or the year to date and look at what have been your biggest money makers in terms of your income streams. And you probably have a good sense of what are like the top two things in your business that are the biggest money makers. But if you go a little bit down the list, you might be surprised or interested by which things actually make up a bigger bulk. I always find this interesting, especially like halfway through the year or at the time in the year that we are now, because you kind of see that certain things add up over time. There are big projects that feel like, oh, wow, that was a lot of money. And then there are smaller projects that over time can actually add up to quite a bit more because it's a recurring revenue stream. In any case, looking at your financial numbers, looking at your expenses, looking at the big picture of your profit and where your money is going, all of that can be really, really useful as you make decisions for the future. And sometimes just looking at it, literally just looking at it without any pressure can give you ideas already, right? Can give you inspiration already. However, if you want to take it a little bit further and go deeper, I also really encourage you to do more formal sort of reflection reviews of your business. So this is something that typically when I have more energy, I do every single month. And I usually ask myself questions like what went well this month? What didn't go so well? What do I want to spend a little bit more energy on? What do I want to spend less energy on? Those kinds of big picture questions. And if you can build this kind of review process into your business each month, it helps you to identify like mini projects, right? Or projects based on your actual energy level right now that might be a good use of time going forward. And then the last kind of reflection that I highly encourage is to do journaling, like actual journaling on your business, asking yourself big questions about where you want to go, what you're missing, what you're lacking. We actually did a really amazing workshop in the Profoundary recently on journaling from my friend Dan Vincent of The Writing Way. 
And she led us through this really beautiful framework of questions that started with what is not working, talking about our stories and our limiting beliefs about that, and then what we might need more of. And that was really powerful because I feel like we don't often apply the tools of journaling and reflection to our businesses in a formal way. And doing so in that workshop was just extremely powerful. So that workshop is available inside the Profoundary and you can also follow Deanne on Instagram or go to her website, thewritingway.ca for more information. She also has a really cool like journal prompt generator that you could use to kind of go on a similar journey. But I think that it can be really, really powerful to do some of that official reflection and see what kind of answers emerge when you're able to see things clearly written out on the page. Again, this is probably something you've heard before, but I find for myself, there are so many tools that I'm aware of, but unless I'm actually using them and applying them, I don't feel the impact of them. So make some time for your reflection and see what comes out of that. You might find some answers just within the process itself. Number seven And we're getting to the end here, but number seven is to set up networking dates. So again, this is sort of in that same vein of if you don't have energy for output, make time for input because I find that people and networking and um, connections inevitably lead to new ideas or new opportunities. And it might not be instant and it might not be exactly what you feel like you need in this moment, which could be like, you know, anything from an injection of cash to a really good business idea. However, having those conversations and connecting with new people, it might just make you feel better about yourself as a business owner. And that is a very useful thing to feel, right? If we're feeling demotivated, that typically for most solopreneurs makes us feel dejected because we identify so strongly with our businesses that if we feel like what we're sharing isn't landing or um, what we're doing isn't working, that can have a major impact on our confidence. And so talking with someone who maybe doesn't know you that well or has a different kind of impression of your business from afar or even is just a really cool person who is able to reflect some things back to you in the conversation All of that can lead to having a bit more confidence in yourself or getting a bit more of a spark in what you're doing in your business and remember why you're doing it in the first place. I think that if you can take the time to set things up with either your peers who are doing similar things to you or people in a completely different industry, people are a good use of time. That's a quote from Laura Vanderkam. And she really believes that making space for people is one of the best ways we can use our time and can be very productive. So if you're worried about not being productive, people lead to opportunities um, and also relationships. So making space for people is a really good use of time if you feel a bit bereft or (laughs) lost in your business as it currently stands. Now, number eight, we are going to finally talk about money because I know that a lot of these things do depend on you having some space in your schedule to take a break or to connect with people or take a step back from what you're working on. And all of that depends on money. Now, I do think that we have to be realistic with ourselves, right? We always have to have a backup plan when we're running a business. Running a business is hard and it can take time to get to the point that you have the audience size that you need or the number of clients you need to be able to do your business full time. I wasn't able to do it 
myself in the first couple of years of running my business. And there have been some very lean years, shall we say. So it's not a guarantee that we're going to be able to run our businesses full time and only that. And I also think it's important to say that you're not a failure if you need to take on another job or you need to take on a short term project that you don't love to make ends meet. I always think about Liz Gilbert's story in Big Magic of how she worked as a waitress to support her dream of being a writer until she had sold something like her third or fourth book. That is when she finally gave herself permission to be a writer full-time. So think about that. She had sold three books by the time that she went full-time with her writing. And she did that because she considered it a gift to herself to have the financial stability to work on what she really wanted to work on. I just offer that because I know it can be difficult to take on outside projects or things that we don't love doing because it feels like we failed in our business. But the truth is that the path of business is not a straightforward line, right? It can be up and down. It can be wavy. And so if you need to do something to support yourself financially, I don't think you should feel any shame in that whatsoever. So there are a few ideas that I have here. One, super simple, get a part-time job. (laughs) This is something I've done at various points in my life, right? I've been a waitress. I've worked at a grocery store. I have done like tutoring kind of stuff. You know, there's so many things that you can do with your skills to just make a bit more money if you need it in a certain cushion of your life. It could be even working at a store near you. It could be working for another business, doing what you do in your own business, but on the side, right? Maybe they just need an employee for a few months. All of those things can add up to a little bit more financial stability, which also can be a huge factor in why we feel burnt out. If we're not making enough money and we feel panicky about money all the time, then it can really, really lead to panic and burnout and stress. So giving yourself some financial cushion can be huge. Also, you could do a short-term project that you don't love. I used to do a lot of social media writing, and that's something that I consider going back to sometimes. If I really need a financial cushion or a boost, I could always reach out to some of those contacts and see if they have any writing clients that might need some support from me. It wouldn't be something I would want to do forever or long-term, but it's adjacent to my business and it would be something that I could do fairly easily, but also provide a service to someone. So also look at your skills and the kinds of things that people might be wanting from you um, or wanting from someone and see whether your skills could be a good fit for some kind of short-term project that isn't in your lane 100%. It isn't exactly what you want to build forever, but could be a little cash injection to feel good for now. The third idea I have here is to follow up on past leads. So put your pride aside and look at your inbox. Look at the people who have talked to you on Instagram If there are any sort of hanging leads, right, people you haven't followed up on, people that, God forbid, you haven't invoiced, (laughs) follow up with them. People who have expressed interest in your program in the past, following up with those people, sending literally one email could be the difference between making money this month and not making money this month. So you have to be willing to do that. In that same vein as sending one email If you see an opportunity with a current client or a current project, see whether there's anything there where you could pitch them on a little bit more work from you, right? 
Can you ask for more videos? Can you ask for more support um, provided? Can you ask for more hours? Maybe the easiest place to get more money is from the places that you're already getting money, right? So those are just some ideas I have, but I think the general overarching concept there is to make sure you're giving yourself some financial cushion so that you can make better decisions from that place. Whew, okay. (laughs) I'm out of breath, which indicates to me that I have shared a lot of ideas in this episode. I kind of got on a roll and I hope that at least something on this list can feel supportive to you as you're navigating your own slump or your own rut in your own business. I know that for me, even just saying some of these ideas out loud and having these reminders for myself of what I actually believe to be true is already feeling useful. Not only am I normalizing what I'm going through and remembering that I have a very good reason for why I'm feeling this way, I come by it very honestly, it also is giving me some reminders of what I can do about it, right? There's always something we can do about it and you always have a choice. So if after trying all of these things or some of these things, you still feel like you can't do it, you still feel like it's not the right thing, you're making the decision not from the low part of the wave, but a very balanced part of the wave, then great. You know, we're allowed to change our minds. We're allowed to go in new directions. But I think the thing to remember is that sometimes when we're in these states of burnout or fear or distress, our brains are lying to us. As I said before, they are giving us the answers that are not necessarily the actual answers. They're telling us that the only thing we can do in this situation is quit, is walk away, is do something else entirely. And while sometimes I think that's the right answer, I don't think that's always the right answer. And I think that if you can take the time to give yourself some space, give yourself some reflection, connect with some people who can reflect certain things back to you that you can't see yourself, I think you might find different answers at the end of that process. And if you don't, then great. You can always walk away. But I think we owe it to ourselves and the businesses that we've created to give it the old college try, you know, to really give it our all and see whether we can heal from the burnout we're experiencing and the trauma that we collectively have gone through over the past few years to get to a point where we feel like we can show up for our businesses and our clients again. So thank you for being here, for holding space for my story. It's actually not easy to share as much as I might sound kind of like easy breezy in this episode. I do feel some shame for admitting that I have been going through some challenges. You know, I think we all like to feel like we're the kind of people who can just really keep it together and not struggle. And the truth is that I'm still struggling even today. And my friends know it and my partner knows it and everybody knows it. You know, I'm starting to be more vocal about it because it has been really hard and it has been really lonely. So as I emerge from this sabbatical, I am really hoping and trusting that my energy will come back. And I'm really hoping and trusting that as I take care of myself better, I will be able to show up and take care of my community better. And I'm giving myself a lot of space and grace until that actually happens. So thanks for being here. Thanks for your patience. Thanks for your support. I love running this podcast and I really, really, really love hearing from you. If something resonated for you, a particular idea or just the episode as a whole, please reach out. Let me know. I absolutely love it. It's my favorite thing and it helps me feel like I can keep going. So (laughs) no pressure. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I will keep going anyway, but it would be so nice to hear from you. 
So with that, I'm going to leave you here because this turned into kind of a long episode, but I hope you're having a great week and I will talk to you very soon. Thanks so much for listening to Slowpreneur. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or reach out and let me know at hello at stephaniepellet.com. I would love to hear from you. As always, you can find show notes for this and all episodes at stephaniepellet.com slash slowpreneur. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon.